This is Greg. This is Isan. And this is Paul. Welcome to another episode of Filmatics. Today we are doing number 85, A Night at the Opera. Greg, give us some facts. So, A Night at the Opera came out in 1935. It is a Marx Brothers movie, so it stars Groucho Marx, Harpo Marx, Chico Marx, as well as Kitty Carlisle, uh, Alan Jones, Margaret Dumont, and it was nominated for officially zero awards. Rightfully so. <laughs> I don't think I have too much. Starting out great. Uh, Starting out great. It's uh, it's eighty five on the list now on the anniversary list. It wasn't on the original list. Um, yeah, I, I mean, not too much. Not a lot of oh, facts to talk. About. No, yeah, I mean, they, it, it's really not that they notable. Put it into overall, the film you know? registry, and then that's the only award. Yeah, that showed I don't up. count it. It's just the fact. And then uh, they, Marx Brothers actually have another movie on the list, Duck Soup. So they have two movies out of the top 100 movies. What number is Duck Soup? Uh, it's not too much higher. Okay. I so, can tell you right now. So for anybody who hasn't seen this movie, um, there is little to do from a plot standpoint. This is just a Marx Brother comedy. The description that I like the best of this was effectively this the Marx brothers run amok in the world of opera. When Otis B driftwood Groucho Marx meets aspiring singer Ricardo played by Alan Jones, who's determined to win the love of fellow performer, Rosa Kitty Carlisle aided by Fiorello. This is Chico Marx and Tommaso Harpo Marx. Otis attempts to unite the young couple, but faces opposition from the preening star Laspari. So that's that, that's the plot. It's very, it's uh, a very is, loose plot. Yeah, it's, a it's very really. Loose plot. I mean, there's truthfully isn't. It's very bouncy. Like I yes. mean, it goes from scene to scene, and almost every single individual scene sort of operates like its own little yes. tiny scene. You could watch this entire movie like in a totally different order and get the same result. I yeah, guess. it's like, just a get. A lot of the Marx Brothers movies. This is actually the most plotted one besides Duck Soup. Really. Their previous movies were made by... Duck Soup is number 60, by the way. Number 60, yeah. So Duck Soup and A Night at the Opera, I'm just going to call it Opera from here on. So Duck Soup and Opera, they both of those were made by MGM. All previous Marx Brothers movies up to this time have been made by Paramount, and they were literally just collections of gags, even more loosely uh, done. And usually they had their other brother, Zeppo, play the straight man, where in this one it's Alan Jones. Okay. So... It's really just the Marx Brothers kind of making fun of high hoity-toity like opera type people. So, Have you seen it before? So I had not seen it before. The only Marx Brothers movie I'd seen before is Duck Soup. I watched it like a long time ago. Because probably it was on the list? Yes, because it was on the list. And uh, they reference it in Gilmore Girls, which my wife was watching like a long time ago. And I wanted to be cool. Cool? <laughs> what about you, Greg? I've never seen it. Uh, I've never seen a Marx Brothers movie. So, hmm. and oh, in fact, fresh take. Yeah. Both of you. Good, good, good. Yeah. I mean, have you seen it? Nope. Nope. Never yeah. seen a Marx Brothers movie either. Like I, I mean, time. and I haven't seen other things that, you know, I was kind of reading that are really similar. I'd seen like one Buster Keaton, a, like a, a part of a Buster Keaton film. Mm -hmm. My friend Quinn Brown, he was over like visiting and he was watching uh, Which Buster. One? The General? That's the only one I've seen of Buster Keaton. No, it, was, it wasn't because I heard of The General. It was something I hadn't heard of, and he's watching it, and he literally was eating cake <laughs> on my couch and laughing so hard he was spitting cake all over my house. Mm. <laughs> and I was like... Great house cast. I was like, thanks, Quinn. 
and which, which is very he gave he gave him. you the gift of movies so you can clean up a little no his brother go. gave me the gift oh of movies. his brother oh yeah okay. it was ian who who wised me up on movies quinn just gave me the gift of um spinning cake all over my floor he's given that gift to many people <laughs> um okay so so anyway yeah i mean this is my first time experiencing this and actually i thought this was i had to look it up i thought it was the oldest movie i'd ever seen like hmm. 1935 is very old and i as i was watching it, i was like man i this feels ancient and and i really was thinking have i seen something a little bit older i ended up i did find king kong so king kong came oh, out 33 33 yeah. so i i have seen king kong um i've actually seen king king kong twice i guess um but yeah this was the oldest movie i've ever seen is this the oldest movie you've ever seen paul i believe so and I'm looking on the list. The oldest movie on the list looks like it's The General, 1927. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen The General, and I've also seen, as I've said many times, All Quiet on the Western Front, and mm-hmm. that's like 29. Okay. Usually for most people, the oldest movie they've seen, I would bet 80% of the people under the age of 30, the oldest movie they've seen is Wizard of Oz, I think 39. so, probably. Yeah. Feel like, we can talk about how it feels old. Did you feel like it felt really old? Like way older than Wizard of Oz, you would say, which is like five years later? It, this absolutely did feel like an old film to me going back to my comments about films dropping off the list because they are no longer contextually or culturally significant. I mm-hmm. think this is one that's getting pretty close, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> pretty <laughs> close. Paul, the, the humor in it is just, it's just such a different brand or style of humor that you don't get anymore. So you, did you laugh when you're watching it? I'm going to ask you, I, I, I as, as you guys know, I was texting you uh, as I was watching this. In the, within the first half of the movie, I was laughing aloud. Um, nice, but it definitely dropped off towards that, the end. I was most I certainly ready I to be done. I couldn't even pay attention to it at yep. the end. Like I, yep. I honestly couldn't. I was just like, God, this movie's so bad. I liked the beginning though. My favorite scene in the movie is is that intro scene where they're at the dinner and he's just like rattling off these like one-liners is very similar to Henny Youngman. Do you guys know who Henny Youngman is? No, I think he's, he's in Goodfellas. I think, I think hmm. he's supposed to be like the, the comedian that they're hearing at the Copacabana. And, uh, he's, he's the guy that's like, take my wife, please. You oh, know, like yeah, he, that, yeah. that kind of humor. Right. And so that, that this is my first experience with Groucho Marx. And he was by far, I thought the best in the movie. I know I don't think you like him. You were kind of saying he's on before. Yeah, I'm this not year. a super big fan, but he is the most famous of them. He went on to do radio shows. He had like many different TV shows. Like he's obviously the most famous, even though he's the middle brother. People don't know that, and he was very, very famous for a long, long time. Like many people imitate him, like Alan Alda on Mash, Bugs Bunny. He commands the screen. Like yes, he's he definitely, does. I think, probably the best person. And I did think the beginning and the, those scenes were kind of funny, rattling him off. And I could see that if I was, you know, 1935, I'm going to the movies. I could absolutely see that this would be really, really funny. I'm not quite like you, Paul. I wasn't really laughing out loud. Um, I think that, as I've said many times, comedies, I actually agree with you. I don't think comedy really ever holds up, unfortunately. It's really hard uh, for comedies to hold up. I mean, the longest lasting comedies are what? Taming of the Shrew and, you know, Much Ado About Nothing. But how much more famous are Hamlet, Romeo and Juliet, Titus Andronicus? Like so. if you if you are looking at, so they came out, not only did this make the 100, top 100 movies, like I said, it's 85 on the list. It didn't make the original list, so I don't really know what caused it to hop on. Mm-hmm. Um, 
kind of surprised at that. We could talk about that maybe a little bit later, but they, AFI came out with a list in um, 2000 that was hundred years, hundred laughs. It was supposed to be the hundred best comedies of all time. And this movie is number 12 on the list. So 12th best comedy ever. When you look at that list, it is, I mean, I say that comedy doesn't hold up, but every movie on that list is a really old comedy. There's almost Hmm. no modern comedies. I mean, Number one is Some Like It Hot. Number two is Tootsie, which is one of the very, like, that's one of the newest ones on there. Then Dr. Strangelove, Annie Hall, Duck Soup, Blazing Saddles, MASH, It Happened One Night, The Graduate, Airplane, The Producers. The Graduate? I don't exactly. feel like that's comedy I feel myself. like, and you can go through this list, and there's a lot of them on here that, like, I don't feel like are necessarily comedies, right? The first, and the one that I would say is really, you get to like more modern ones is there's something Mount Mary comes in at 27 ghostbusters comes in at 28. Mm-hmm. So you're starting this is spinal tap comes in at 29. So mm-hmm. you're starting to get raising Arizona 31. You're starting there to get a go. few more Colin modern bros. ones, but like even, bros. even then those aren't groundhog day 34. Like hmm. there's still, there aren't very many on here. It's I think just you think for all movies, but I think comedy can never really hold, hold up. I watch my, you know, shows, TV shows from a kid, and I just don't think there's funny anymore. But this movie or this list, you know, of 100 Laughs apparently says that comedy is timeless and this is timeless. But this movie does not feel timeless. It doesn't feel timeless to me either. I listened to like a very short uh, documentary. It's about like an hour and a half on Audible. Uh, just about the Marx Brothers' lives and like their movie careers and their film careers and all that stuff beforehand. Uh, so this is the first movie they made with MGM. They had made uh, five, uh, three or so movies beforehand with Paramount, and almost all of those movies were direct translations from their Broadway like plays and shows. So nothing original. They're not like film geniuses, I would say. It's just that they're translating their vaudeville acts and Broadway shows into place. Now, for them to join MGM, they Thalberg, the producer, said that what they really needed to do was to infuse their comedy and like gags into like a storyline. So this is the most storied um, Marsh Brothers movie that you'll see that's more famous. So they put in this uh, extra plot line. They put in this music and stuff like that Got to it. kind of like mix it up, and they thought that they would get half as many laughs, but 10 times the profit and people liking the movie. So I don't know. Do you guys feel, I mean, there's a lot of Marx brothers purists. There's people that love them, like love, 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 love them. That's their favorite people, favorite movies, everything like that. But they get upset at this movie because it's infused with that like extra subplot. They think that it doesn't need to be there. I don't know. Do you guys, would you guys have liked it if it was all just their jokes or do you like it better with the plot? What would you say, Paul? I I think I would have liked it better with just the jokes. Like the plot was filler. It was a waste of time. Greg mentioned he couldn't get, he was almost not able to get through the movie. I, I was exactly the same way by the end of the movie. I was like, let's just wrap this up. I don't give a rip about any of the characters. We've shut the comedy down. Let's move on. So I, I absolutely think this was kind of, yeah, pandering to a wider audience. Even uh, Roger Ebert agrees. When I read his review, he said a lot of the stuff's been used before. It's not original. Why did they have to get reined in by MGM? What's up with all the musical elements? And 
Leonard Maltin, like a very famous uh, movie reviewer, he has a commentary on the movie, and he says he thinks they dovetail nicely. I don't think they do at all. I think they're like two totally separate things. It's like oil and water that you're like trying to mix, and it doesn't make it Italian dressing. It just makes nasty stuff, I <laughs> yeah. think. No, I agree. I don't really like... Uh, I would have just preferred the little short scenes with mm-hmm. funny things going on. And and I thought that's what I was going to get yeah. in the beginning. Most and I was other kinda, movies are. Yeah. I kind of got excited. I was like, oh, this is kind of funny. Like, I'm not really laughing out loud, but it's witty, I guess. Mm-hmm. And I could, like, okay, yeah, you're a jerk, but, like, okay. Um, and then, yeah, it just falls off. And, and they're, yeah. they're, it would be better as individual memorable scenes. Yeah, it's Groucho Marx, like, in he has, like, a couple books about him, some that he's uh, written. And he said that this opera and uh, A Day at the Races are their two best films. He says they're the best, but I kind of get this like feeling because he is a little bit of an assy person. Like, he's a little bit spiteful, I would say, hence the name Groucho anyway. But I feel like a lot of it has to do with they left Paramount under really bad circumstances, so he wouldn't want to say any of the Paramount movies are good. Yeah. And then Thalberg, the guy who brought them on to MGM and supported them, uh, those are the two movies he did with them. And then when he died, their film career kind of ended. So it's not like they're big film stars. It's almost like somebody was like helping them. Actually, uh, Chico, he played like bridge and cars. He was like a notorious gambler. Like later in life, he had lost like all his money and he got his brothers to make more movies, even though they weren't very good so that he could make money. <laughs> so it doesn't seem like they're that dedicated to film. It seems like someone else was like holding them up a little bit to make films. I almost feel like he would have been better in TV. Like if TV and Groucho Marx was very successful at being on TV, like short skits, interviewing people with banter. I think that would really good. But movies, I just don't think are the best format for them. How is this movie compared to Duck Soup? So Duck Soup doesn't have quite as much secondary plot. Groucho Marx is more a part of like the main plot. But every Marx Brothers movie, like I have seen little pieces of the other ones. They're all very similar. They all follow a very similar format and it kind of annoys me. Like I could barely, I don't even think I could tell you besides Otis B. Driftwood, the name of the other Marx Brothers characters yeah. in their movies or any of the no, other movies, nor would it except matter. for Dr. Spaulding. Cause there's like a song about that, but it just seems like you're just getting the same sort of stuff over and over. And I don't think comedy lasts very long. And I'm just not a big fan of this, like one liners. Like I'm not a big fan of semantics and it, grinds at me a lot all right so we're kind of hating on the movie if we all had to say one (laughs) nice thing about the movie what would be what's the biggest strength of the movie so the biggest strength of the movie for me is the suspension of disbelief that harpo brings instantaneously like he is that character harpo marx is harpo marx he could do anything he can run up a whole sheet of like a backdrop and I'm like, Oh, there he goes. And anything he does seems believable, even though it's so, so unbelievable. I think he has a great mime power about it. So you should, you should explain what he does. In the yeah. Films. So Harpo Marx, he does things that no normal human should do. So he pretty much like almost runs up a backdrop. It's almost like running up straight up a wall. I yeah. mean, it sounds very zany and it is, and everyone else, uh, adheres to the laws of physics and he does like trapeze stuff. He makes very crazy faces. Like he'll take falls that should like kill people, but he's totally fine. Like he's underwater on like the side of a ship and he should drown. But because he's Harpo Marx, he's like, he's fine. It's, it's like, he's a cartoon character in a real movie. And yeah. I totally buy it and I'm totally fine with it, even though I'm disliking a huge other portions of the movie. And that ability for Harpo Marx to create that persona is super, super 
creative, I think. And he 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 also is a mute in all of the films. Yeah, so, and he has a horn. Yeah. That's kind of his, his shtick. He's yeah. the mute guy with the goofy faces. And He's they, the teller of the pen and teller. Yeah. So the, all three of the these brothers, the more famous Marx brothers, Groucho has the painted on mustache. Painted on eyebrows, big glasses, fake nose, cigar with the. W- That's a fake nose. Part sometimes it is, oh, sometimes I, it's not. I didn't. But know, so yeah, didn't he's that. the guy with the quick one-liners that you know. Um, and then uh, Chico Marx is the guy that wears the hat, and he does like a fake Italian accent in almost every movie, and he's very naive. And then also, and then Harpo Marx, the other brother, is silent and does like pantomime stuff. And what does Zippo do? Uh, Zeppo is usually the straight man. Zeppo? Z-E-P-P-O? Yeah, it's Zeppo. So he is usually the straight man. So he would be the Alan Jones. So Alan Jones is the actor in this movie who's like the straight man. So he is like the opera singer that they're trying to help out, the three zany Marx brothers. So what, what, let's get a positive from you, Greg. My positive is Groucho Marx. I love his delivery. I think he'd be great. And and I actually, I, I don't really like the plot. I don't really like how the movie was structured, but... I don't watch this movie and say I'll never watch another Marx Brothers movie again. Like I'd absolutely would give it a chance and I would give it a chance because I like his delivery and I think he's charismatic on screen and I think he's funny. I think, I think the thing I liked the best about this movie was anytime there was physical delivery of humor, there's physical humor. Cause I think that's something that we don't get a lot of, or we get it in a very different format mm-hmm. today. So the, the physical humor in this movie reminded me of physical humor in like Mel Brooks films. Which yeah, you don't very see similar, and I think you know, I was reading it. He was really influenced by the Marx Brothers. Yeah, that would make as sense. As a lot of comedians supposedly are. So, yeah, mm. I mean, although some of my, comedy has greatly changed, you know, so it's, it's yeah. Tough, yeah, yeah, and so I, I think you know, particularly in Nissan, sounds like you didn't like this scene. The scene where they're in the cabin on the ship and people just keep piling in i was like all right obviously it's ridiculous but i i was laughing i thought it was yeah they have that t- tiny little room that's like the size of a closet and i think eventually they get 15 people, people in, the room in there and like slowly come in i'm the engineer to fix the heat all right come in and i'm the engineer's assistant i had a premonition you were going to be showing up and he's huge yeah, and that guy is monster, enormous yeah. so they keep yeah. packing people in yeah. i mean it's been recreated a bunch of times it was recreated in seinfeld even uh, really where elaine like keeps ordering chinese food to like a tiny little closet <laughs> so they do it a bunch of times. I think um, Woody Allen's done it before too. So, yeah, I actually there's a if you on Wiki, I think there's just a ton of them, a ton of examples of where they have it. Yeah. Said Cindy Lauper used it in her "Girls Just Want to Have Fun" video. Mm-hmm. Um, the Animaniacs do it <laughs> in a, in an episode uh, called "Heckle or Hercule Yako." Okay. Um, they do it in Mr. Mom, Sweet Life of Zack and Cody, Seinfeld, yeah. So a bunch of them. And there was there was one other scene. That, well, we can get back to that. Uh, well, going, I mean, do you want to talk about what was the funniest scene to you? The stateroom, you would say? That from? was up there, but I think I think when I really first started laughing watching the movie is when um, Harpo knocks out Laspari mm-hmm. at the very beginning uh, with a hammer, which for, I didn't laugh at that. But then he gets out smelling salts and Grouch was like, oh, yeah, smelling salts. That'll that'll wake him up. And they wake him up and then he just knocks him out again. I'm like, there was no reason for that, but you just did it. And then they they kind of like saddle up to him. Groucho Mark puts his foot on him. He's like, yeah, plenty of room. Come over here. And they're just like talking as if they're on a bar, putting their feet on Laspari. That type of physical humor for some reason was funny to you. Yeah. Got to me. What about you, Greg? What was the funniest scene? There was nothing funny. Like it was like, I didn't laugh once, but, uh, 
you know, I saw that if I was. What about your favorite line? Your funniest line, maybe. Uh, <laughs> I mean. I don't know. I liked when I, I don't. I can't remember him exactly. What were the lines when he was first interacting? Uh, it was something like, "Oh yeah, I, uh, you know, she just didn't finish dinner or whatever." And she's like, I, "Or I've been waiting an hour for dinner or something like that." Oh, and, I had, when I invite a woman to dinner, I expect her to face me, not with her back to me. Oh, how much is this? Nine dollars. If I were you, I wouldn't pay it. And he throws the check at the girl and then <laughs> like away. all that. That was very, very fast to process yeah. all of it. And that whole scene is pretty good. But yeah, I mean, there's no like individual line. I just didn't like laugh at anything. Yeah. It's just comedy doesn't hold up. Good attempt. I'm sure it was great back then. I'm sure it was hilarious, but it's not funny now. The thing that made me laugh, actually, I'm even laughing thinking about it now, is when uh, Harpo has the bowstring and then the conductor is like waving his bowstring like no 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 you know how like a mom would like wag their finger at someone he's waving his baton like the thing that conductors used to like lead the orchestra he's waving it at harpo like no 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 like you shouldn't be here and then harpo starts waving his bowstring so it's like a big long stick that you play the violins with with horse hair and he's waving it and then he's uh, they're copying each other. And then Harpo gets this crazy look in his eye and he keeps walking closer and closer. And then they start to sword fight with uh, <laughs> the bowstring and then, uh, the, that was silly, yeah. and then the baton. So, so question for you guys. <laughs> Do you like Mel Brooks films? I like Young Frankenstein. Yeah. But do you like any of his other ones? I'm not like the biggest Blazing Saddles fan. I okay. don't know. I mean, I'm just okay on Mel Brooks, but I think his my the movie I think is funniest is... Young Frankenstein, I wonder if it's, it's Mel Brooks Gene or Wilder. if it's Gene Wilder. It's Gene yeah. Wilder. I think it's Gene Wilder. I'm, I'm not a super big Mel Brooks fan. So maybe that's... Okay. Okay. I really like Mel Brooks fans. Mm. Or movies, <laughs> excuse me. Uh, I like you I like you I too. Like you fans. Um, Mel Brooks fans. Mel Brooks, not for me. His fans, great. Yeah. And I, I'm kind of bummed that his style of humor is not around anymore. So maybe that's why I liked this movie a little bit more than you guys did. Yeah, no, so that's that. a very it's different like brand the first of humor. movie that you've liked more than us, right? Yeah, that makes that's very cool. Possibly, but we're talking marginal amounts here, all right? <laughs> oh, yeah. not well, I guess excited. we'll see when we get to grades. Yeah. So I had uh, kind of one note on the directing. There's not a lot of directing going on, actually, because Thalberg, that MGM producer I told you about, he hired a director that would pretty much do what he said. Uh, so Sam Wood is the director. He would film everything like 30 times, and then he would just let Thalberg like, pick the scenes that he liked the best and he didn't really go on to do anything super noteworthy except for maybe uh, for whom the bell tolls, but that's an Ernest Hemingway uh, based on books. So I think that probably has a lot more to do with it. How about the editing? So I just thought the editing was really choppy, like yeah. super choppy. I couldn't tell if it was just the version I was watching or if it was no, really it's choppy. bad. So in the beginning, did you guys realize they were in Italy or no? How long did it take you to figure out that they were there? Never. Yeah. So they were in Italy at the beginning and they take a boat to New York. So actually the part that like says they're in Italy and all that stuff, it was like cut out because it was like during, it was like going to be kind of put out during World War II and then they mm. lost the original. So how can a movie that has like all these like terrible cuts and missing part of the films and also another terrible thing in the editing i wish they could have picked different scenes i don't know who's choosing it people in the background are staring like at the camera they're not being extras they're just like staring at the camera so it's, why did this movie come on the list yeah i mean it was off the list and jumped up to 85 i think a lot of it has to do with it just being the marx brothers they are very famous they but have there's a lot. already one on the list that's what i say so i don't think it should be on the list like i just don't think there's anything super special about it the guy that writes a lot of their jokes and then an uncredited writer uh 
who also helps with the jokes, both of those guys, like Coffin and Boesberg, they work on Duck Soup, too. So there's no reason to double that up. Duck Soup is also another MGM picture, so it's not like it's any different than this one that much. There's less of this terrible subplot and music. And and in this movie, they plug a song. Like that song, Lonely, they let those two singers sing the whole thing because that song made them money afterwards, like people buying it. There's way too many weird songs in here. Yes, like, they oh, it's it's like, because they're trying to make money off the songs. Yeah, it's that's not very good. No. So who would like, in now nowadays... We're recommending you're listening to this podcast. What type of person should just pass on this movie? What type of person should decide to listen to I it? I think if you're super, super into Mel Brooks and into Mel Brooks fans like Paul, then you should. And I would say and Buster you, Keaton. Like if you've yeah. seen oh, Buster Keaton. If you Keaton. love Buster Keaton, you should totally do it. Also, if you're like a European and you're not super familiar with more American stuff and you like Laurel and Hardy a lot, then you can also try for that because those were played in a lot of European countries like a long time ago. Three Stooges fans? Three Stooges, for sure. Yeah. I think so. They're like a direct relative. So of any the of those Brothers. any of those you might like, I guess. And then if you're not definitely one of those people, just pass. I like, would definitely don't, don't even watch it. If you it. have to see a Marx Brothers movie and you're like Clockwork Orange and they have your eyes open, I would choose Duck Soup. You got any recommendations? Yeah, I mean I would I mean I mean, we pretty much talked about it. Like, it's all physical comedy, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the only, I mean, I had a hard time finding stuff out. The main thing for me is I would recommend Laurel and Hardy. Like, my mom's from Europe. She loves Laurel and Hardy. It's pretty similar, but my, even my mom didn't really like the Marx Brothers movie because I watched one of them with her and she laughed a couple times and I didn't laugh at all. I just like find it sort of annoying. I guess, uh, straight wit. And then it's also one of those movies you talked about on AFI's, uh, top laughs would just be Airplane because of Leslie Nielsen and his like straight delivery. And there's a lot of pun and word tone word turn and jokes just like the marx brothers do a lot of the time all right greg give us your grade my grade on this one is a d so i don't know it's the lowest grade i've given is a d that was to yankee doodle dandy i gave uh swing time a d plus i think this is not as good as swing time it doesn't really have anything to grasp on there we go i could i could give this honestly a, an f but I'm intrigued enough by Groucho Marx to give the Marx Brothers another chance. So that gets you up from an F to a D. And I also can't completely slap something that supposedly is very influential on comedy just directly in the face. I know I'm young. I know I don't really connect and, and, and bond with this movie. So I have to be a little bit easier than I would I probably would normally be. So I'm saying a D, but... I'm not going to fault anyone if they go lower than that. Yeah, no, for me, I'm going to go D plus. It's not, it's passing, but just barely. And it's mostly just because of the Marx Brothers being in the movie. Like if there were three different people in the movie doing the same thing, it would just be F double minus. It's not even close. <laughs> I went with a D plus. You know, it's just it's very little to the movie. To enjoy, unless you enjoy the brand of humor, and that's about it. We should add a Marx Brothers, but I went online, Marx Brothers fan, and a Mel Brooks fan, but I, we should add a Marx Brothers fan come on, because I would love to know what their analysis is, besides that I just think it's funny, because I'm not sure what else. Yeah. I mean, I guess you could reference all this influential stuff, but nowadays, that influence is gone. Yeah. Like, you think Superbad has a lot to do with <laughs> the Marx Brothers? I don't think so. Yep, I agree. I don't know. 
totally but i would say like i said arrested development i kind of see like elements of it Hmm. i even see i told you i saw elements i feel like i see elements in wes anderson movies oh uh, the quick quick dialogue is very wes anderson but i love wes anderson movies and i'm just not and i just really didn't like this so we basically we gave identical grades all three of us to a night at the opera and bringing up baby yeah. Is this so, worse or better than bringing up baby or right on the same? That's it's, a good question. What grade did I give bringing up baby? D plus. Yeah. So you for give me, a D plus. I give a D. They're very similar to me. They're just old comedies that I don't like very much and they have amazing stars in them. I think I, mm, it's really hard to choose which one I, I think is worse. It makes Catherine me think Hepburn I should, digs it, me. It, I feel like it makes me think I should lower my grade for a night at the opera because I think yeah. bringing up baby at least as a plot, I can somewhat follow. Mm-hmm. At least had a couple things that I was a little interested in, and I liked Cary Grant, and I liked Catherine Hepburn. Yeah, I didn't, you know, the only person. So I, I mean, maybe I should be D minus on this. But. I actually think I liked this better than Bringing Up Baby. Yeah, for me, they're pretty much the same. They're yeah. pretty close. Those are the two worst movies we've rated. So both comedies. Those are the two main comedies. Yeah, we've done so, so far. We've done sixteen movies on the list. Those two worst rated. And uh, so you both like Swing Time better, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Hands down. It's yep. easy. Yep. See, I laughed at Swing Time when his buddy, uh, Fred Astaire's buddy in Swing Time, the other vaudevillian actor, is doing kind of funny things. But he's just given little gags to do. Yeah. Which is what I think he's supposed to be doing. I don't know. You feel like it should be really funny because uh, Thalberg, the MGM producer, he had the brothers go out on tour to do these jokes for the movie in front of live audiences to get the timing to get what would make it funny. So, yeah. I don't know, you think it would be funnier. Greg, what are we doing next time? Next time we're doing number 84 on the list, 1969's Easy Rider. All right, this is Isan. This is Greg. And this is Paul. Watch the movies.